I think, I mean, we're capable of so many cool, amazing things and it, you know, exercise, any form of activity is such a great way to like give back to yourself too. Hey, I'm Caroline and you're listening to In Her Nature, the podcast and community where you can learn from others' experiences to make your next adventure more approachable. Hey friends, thanks so much for being here. I'm so excited about today's episode with Hannah. We talk about running your first marathon or training for a really big goal. But before we jump into it, I just want to touch base with you guys, see how everyone's doing, take a temperature check. We're in fall. It's crazy. Um, As always, we have free stickers for you. So if you would love some, you can find us over at Instagram at inhernaturepod. If you go to the link in our bio, you can see a little button for free stickers. Fill out that form and we will mail them to you as soon as we can. Um, We would really appreciate it if you shared this episode or an episode that you think a friend would like to the group chat to, you know, whoever. We would really appreciate it if you sent this episode to someone and rated and reviewed us on Spotify and Apple. I hate to ask, we've, you know, you've heard it like a trillion times, but it unfortunately is very helpful for us. So I always appreciate the support that we get from this community. Thank you so much for being here. On to more fun news. So last episode, we announced something called Celebration Corner, and I really want to make this a thing over here. Like it's time to start celebrating the big wins, the small wins, the like, I can't believe this happened. You know, I just think we need more excuses to celebrate whatever we can. So one huge shout out. I wanted to give a prior guest, Lucy Scholes, a huge shout out. She qualified for Boston in a marathon in Salt Lake and crushed her goal. And so we just really want to like hype you up, Lucy. We're so excited for you. And um, what an amazing accomplishment. That's so cool. You can run so long, but also run so fast. So we're just like really hyped for you over here. So rad. Um, A couple other Celebration Corner things. So these were things people sent to us over on Instagram. So I'm going to read a couple of them off. Um, One thing we're celebrating is the gorgeous Wisconsin weather as of late. It has been beyond beautiful here. I'm so grateful to live here right now. Um, Favorite bands and favorite cities. Taking in a stray kitten. That is so precious. Wow. And then Big Mountain Runs, birthdays, and dinner with friends. That's so true. Like what a lovely afternoon. Um, my celebration corner is I finished my half Ironman in Madison this past weekend. That was a huge goal of mine. I signed up for it about a year ago with like not even knowing if I would make it to the start line. That was like goal number one. And so just to finish it and finish it well and strong and feel excited after like that is such a gift. And I feel so grateful for how this went and all the support I had and just, I don't know, I could blab about it forever because I don't know, it truly was like a huge thing for me. So Um, when I signed up, like I couldn't even really swim. I didn't know how to swim laps. (laughs) That's where the strength, like finding your strength in swimming episode came from. Like a lot of these episodes at In Her Nature were me just trying to figure out how do I even start training for a triathlon. So I just like, we started the podcast because of the triathlon. I had no idea what I was doing. And so I don't know. I just was shocked that no one else had like found out a way to communicate this information to more people. So here we are doing another thing we love so much, podcasting. So I don't know. The Ironman was amazing. I um, I don't know. There's this other aspect to finishing big goals that we don't always talk about. It's like the finish line blues. Like I've spent a year thinking about this race every single day and a ton of time, effort, energy, resources going into it. And the training also like really... I don't know, like it really affects you as a person. And I think now that it's over, A, I can't believe it's over. Like I never thought it would be over and it's just crazy that it is. And I think I'm finally starting to feel that like post-race letdown that a lot of people talk about. And I just want to, like, it's normal. It's a normal thing to feel this way. I am feeling like, I don't know what to do. Do I go for a walk? Do I go swim? Do I drink a Diet Coke and run around and record my podcast intro? Like, I don't know. What do I do? And that's a weird feeling because I'm used to being like, I don't have enough time to even go for a run right now. So I just, um, I think it's totally okay to not know. And I also think we should talk more about this and prepare more for this. So today's episode with Hannah is about doing your first marathon, but we can zoom out a little bit and also say like, this can apply to doing like a half marathon, doing something new that's a little bit scary, that seems a little bit like out of your wheelhouse. And you can apply that to like so many different goals. But I do think it's really important to kind of have a post goal, um, 
like catch zone. Like you really want to be prepared for your mental health after these goals are done. And I don't know. Sometimes I don't like to think about afterwards because I, I don't even know if I'll finish blah, blah, blah. But, um, I don't know. Just we, I think we need to do an episode on that. Just talk more about like, how do we prepare more for that back half? Like after you're done with a big goal, what do you do? So things I'm trying to do, um, honestly, just do whatever sounds fun. If making a big, like intense meal sounds fun, I'm doing it. If laying on the couch, watching below deck sounds fun. I'm doing it. If swimming for 25 minutes sounds fun, I'm doing it. So leaning into the fun. The other thing I'm starting to do now is like continuing to move. That's a really important thing. Like I took four, three or four days off just to like be a human and relax and I don't know, whatever. And now I'm finally feeling like I need to keep moving. Like even if it's teeny tiny, just do whatever's fun. So I don't know. I definitely am struggling a little bit on the back half of like, wow, I don't know what to do with my time now. Mentally, I like don't know what to do, but I'm really trying to not have anything to train for and just do fun things and enjoy my weekends and blah, blah, blah. I feel like I'm being rambly about this, but I think that's the point. I don't really have like a great point on this, but I just wanted to say it's okay if after these goals, you feel like a little bit of a mental letdown and we should talk more about it, make it more normal and also find plans and ways to kind of catch yourself after this. So I think you folks are going to love this episode. Thank you so much for being here. And before we get into the episode, I did want to read something from our sponsor. So you might have heard it from the last episode, but I could not recommend more the um, partnership we have with Travel Content Writing. So you might have heard it last week, but you may also be thinking like, I don't make content. I don't always like know like what this doesn't apply to me. But I would say if you're thinking about starting a business that involves just it always involves social media and content production and way more than you think it does. Like the hardest part of this podcast is that stuff. So I think Laura is a great person to think about. So what if you could trade content time for travel time? With travel content writing, now you can. Travel content writing is a women-owned business that helps travel creators repurpose content so you can save time and get back to traveling. From writing YouTube scripts, blog posts, social content, and even newsletters, This team of experienced marketers have helped travel creators grow their audience all in less time. Right now, Travel Content Writing is offering a 40% off discount on their newsletter services for In Her Nature listeners with the code IHN40. This means Laura and her team will help you brainstorm, strategize, write, and even create your weekly or monthly newsletter. They even helped grow a travel influencer's newsletter to 16,000 subscribers. That's sick. If you're ready to ditch the algorithms and actually reach your audience, you can use code IHN40 when you choose Let's Chat on TravelContentWriting.com. And one thing I will say, Laura is so cool. She's very creative. We studied abroad at the same time, but we didn't meet each other, which is wild. But um, even if you own like a small business or something and you are struggling with content, I would say reach out to Laura. She's like a great human. We met through just like a mutual connection and doing amazing things. So even if you don't think this applies to you, I would say pause on that. I bet it does more than you think it will and it will make your life a little bit easier. So reach out to Laura at Travel Content Writing and see what she can help you guys out with. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. It's been a hot minute. Where are you at? Where are you going? I want the update. What's up with you right now? Yeah. Well, Caroline, like I'm so happy to be on your podcast. I love what you're doing here. My life has been awesome. I'm in a transition phase. So I am currently in Denver and I'm going to be moving to New York City. So just kind of working through all of the logistics of that and, you know, trying to piece everything together. But no, it's been good. (laughs) That's so sick. I feel like summer is such a chaotic time and moving and changing, not changing careers, but like finding new jobs that just like adds to the chaos. So I give you a lot of credit. You just took a sick trip um, to Wyoming. How was it? Oh my gosh. It was so fun. It was so beautiful. Um, The Tetons are just so grand and there's also just huge plains and fields and like it, it was beautiful. Hannah, well, we are talking to you about your first marathon. Congrats on doing it. It was a little bit ago. Can you run us through like which marathon do you sign up for? How'd it go? Like high level, how'd it go? 
Yeah, so I signed up for the Colfax Marathon here in Denver. Fun fact, Colfax is the longest road in the United States. Um, which so if you ever are like bar trivia, it's Colfax. Okay, that's um, great to know. <laughs> Excellent news. <laughs> but um yeah, the marathon itself went really well. Um the scary thing is like the day before actually there were fires up in Canada and the air quality index was like terrible. So I wasn't even sure if I was if I was going to run it just because the air quality had been so bad the days leading up to it. But the morning of the air cleared up. And um, so that was a huge plus. <laughs> and then time wise, um, I didn't necessarily have a set goal, but um, I had kind of an idea of what I was aiming for. And I actually ended up negative splitting the marathon, which was so weird. I did not expect that. <laughs> so that's I ran so, that's a huge deal and really hard to do. Okay. For our listeners that do <laughs> not know, <laughs> it's really hard to do. Can you explain to people like what negative splitting is? So I guess just like negative splitting is when you run the second half of a race faster than the first half. So yeah, it's hard to do. And it's a style that's like, takes a lot of I don't know if like effort is the right word because I think it all takes a lot of effort, but it's like the reverse is easier to do where you run way faster in the beginning and then you kind of like hang on. So that's so cool that did it feel, (laughs) did you feel strong at the end or do you feel like you, I don't know, sometimes negative splitting, you feel really good at the end. So how did the end feel for you? Um, you know, I was, uh, dying a little (laughs) bit, but like, I guess I felt like I was dying, but I I wasn't like I was actually doing okay. I think, um, you know, I had a lot of like support of like friends and family. Um, it was actually kind of funny because I was in like the third mile or like the third to last mile of the race, <laughs> so mile twenty three, and um, my great aunt Adeline called me. Um, cause it was also my birthday. So she calls and she's like, happy birthday, sweetie. And I'm like dying. I'm like, Adeline, like what? Like I'm running a marathon. Like you're so sweet. Thank you so much. And I think that call gave me like superhuman powers to finish the race. <laughs> um, so I think that definitely helped and I attribute my success to her as well. <laughs> That's so sweet. I feel like the great great aunt giving you a, a boost. Uh, like that's exactly when you need it too. Like mile twenty three is like, yeah, anything that can get you there is perfect. That's really sweet. That and and yeah. it was your birthday. Okay, wait, talk yeah. to me about this because wasn't there a number that was like an importance with the numbers? Yeah. So um, essentially, my whole kind of motivation for running is I had always wanted to run a marathon, and I, you know. It was my 26th birthday and the race actually fell on my birthday. So um, there's this whole thing. People will try to do like 26 by 26. So I was like, hmm, seems like a good challenge. This seems something that's right up my alley. So um, yeah, that's kind of what pushed me to do the race. That's so cool. We may get you to become an ultra marathoner next year. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) I know. I'm like, maybe every year I'll just up the mileage. Yeah. Or maybe change it from running to like, I don't know, something more fun when it gets to higher quantities, I guess. But I mean, ultra running is fun too. It's just different. Anyway, that's so cool. The 26 is like such a fun because I feel like once you get over the 25 hump, people start to get a little moody about their birthdays and like we're still young. Like you can't even complain about getting old, right? It's just a mindset, I guess. But people get a little like, I'm, you know, I'm not 25 anymore. And so I love the idea of pairing it with something that's so badass, like running your first marathon. That's like so cool. Totally. I think, I mean, we're capable of so many cool, amazing things and it, you know, exercise, any form of activity is such a great way to like give back to yourself too. So I love that. That's like so perfectly said. (laughs) Once this episode comes out, it'll be fall. It's like a really popular time for people to race their first marathon or start thinking about maybe like next year, like what does it take? Hannah, just fill us in on like your experience. What was different than what you expected? How was your own personal like first marathon? 
Yeah. So um, I am someone who is a big planner. So like leading up to it, kind of having my run set, knowing that, you know, this week I'm going to be running like 15 miles. The next week will be 18. Um, Being able to like visualize the training and then also like visualize myself running the marathon as well was really important. Um, I, I'm a nurse and I work night shift. So, um, there obviously was like limited amount of time for me to like train and it was, um, yeah. So I just had to be really regimented about training. Um, and then like leading up to it, yeah, just being consistent with it. Um, during the race, I mean, all of the hard work is done before. So like running the race should probably be like the most fun part, <laughs> hopefully of like everything. And I was reading a New York Times article and it talked about like this almost like post-concert amnesia that like people that were going to Taylor Swift concerts were feeling where it's like, you're at such a heightened level of excitement where like, you don't remember anything after, or you like blackout. And like, um, that's something that like people might feel on their wedding day or like days of other like importance or significance. And like in a way running the marathon felt like that as well. Um, of just like being so excited and just so like happy to be doing it. But totally. um, So yeah, I don't know. It was like a bit euphoric and yeah. (laughs) I love that because it's like totally cool to be like, yeah, I trained like really hard for this, but I honestly don't remember the details. Like, I think that's so fine, you know, and it's so there's so many things in life that you have to know the details for. You have to be like really remember things like in healthcare, for example, like you can't just have amnesia on your shift like that doesn't happen, you know. So that's the space where you have to be really like regimented. But there's this other side of like the balance that sometimes running you just like you're like, yeah, I ran. I don't really know. Like I, I don't remember much more than that. And that's totally fine. I have experiences like that, too, where you're just like yeah, I guess I don't like super remember the details, but it was good. You know, nothing terrible happened. (laughs) Yeah. Like in terms of play, I feel like for me, like running is like one thing that like, you know, you're moving your body, you're grooving, you're listening to music, you're seeing the fall colors change. Like um, it, there is so much that you can focus on other than like work, school, things at hand. And it kind of like puts you in a very present state of mind. And to me, I think like being present is like a huge part of play as well. Like just being fully immersed in, in that moment. I love that. I want to, I want to like pause on one thing you said about visualizing yourself running. I have been starting to do this more using like visualization as a tool to kind of like combat stress or like anxiety about a certain event. And that could be like work related. It could be running related. Can you kind of like expand a little bit on that visualization that you mentioned? It could be something as simple or as like straightforward as like thinking of yourself crossing that finish line or for me, for instance, like with moving to a new place, like I'm imagining myself, okay, like when I wake up and I leave my apartment, like what is that going to look like? What is it going to feel like? Um, Walking to the grocery store, like where and how, and like, is there going to be a bus stop I see on my way? Or like, just like putting yourself there um, in your brain. But um, For instance, if you're training for a marathon that's in your hometown, you can run routes that are incorporated in the marathon, which is helped me with my visualization too um, for race day. So running the routes and then in my mind thinking like, all right, like race day, I'm going to be here. I'm going to, you know, probably going to be in a totally different mental or physical state at that point, you know, depending on where it is in the, in yeah. the mileage. <laughs> but, um. I like this visualizing thing because I think it takes, you're giving yourself time to think through all that stuff and not get flustered by it day of. And if it changes a little bit, that's fine. But 
I love that because I think it can be a tool to combat like being intimidated by a big goal, like my triathlon or your marathon, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can use it as a tool, which I love. How did you pick your training plan? Did you grab one from online? Did you have a friend doing something? Like how did you kind of like wrap your brain around that? Oh my gosh. Okay. So my man's, his name is Hal Higdon. Have you heard of him? Mm -mm. Okay. He is now 92 years old, um, but he has like his whole like life mission essentially is to create um, training plans to make running accessible to like anyone and everyone. So he's like been a big runner his whole life. Um, Really cute thing is like apparently for his 70th birthday, his goal was to run seven marathons in seven months. Um, (laughs) That's amazing wholesome um, yeah we all so get there wholesome. one day yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> but um I have been using his training plans for essentially like all the half marathons I had done so it was really natural for me to want to use his plans um for the marathon um he also um there is a new app that he actually created and well his team created okay Um, I think it's called run with Hal and basically you can enter in, um, the day of your race, the days you can or cannot train and it will create, it will map out a whole plan for you. So I would recommend it. Uh, Yeah. Can you repeat the name again? That's, that's like amazing. I've never heard of this. So the app I believe is called run with Hal, like H-A-L and the guy's name is Hal Higdon. Okay. We'll definitely mm-hmm. link it and stuff like that. I've never heard of that, but did you have to pay at all for it or was it free? It was free. I want to say there's probably options to opt in for more uh, like services and stuff, but. Okay. Lovely. It's hard option. to find really like solid training plans that aren't behind a paywall. That's what I've struggled with. I've gotten like hand-me-down training plans from other people, but I mean, that takes knowing someone that's done one before. So, okay. Mm-hmm. That's so lovely. Do you feel like your long runs and like your training and stuff like with work, how did that go by like keeping accountable? Cause that's a hard schedule to work nights and then also run these long miles. How did that go? Totally. So um, obviously like we all have like really busy lives and stuff going on outside of just like working out or tra- like, you know, sometimes yeah. other things take precedent. Yeah. So um in terms of staying accountable, my really good friend, her name is also Hannah, funnily enough, um, <laughs> she's also a nurse, but we kind of went into training for this marathon together. And I would 100% recommend if you can finding a training buddy or joining a group, um, just really anything that or anyone that you know that you can spend long amounts of time with and have fun with. And um, so like having Hannah to train with was super fun. There were weeks when we only had like one day to do our long run because of our off schedules. And that almost made it, it was like our only option. So we were like, okay, we have to do it. Like, because if I do it tomorrow, you're not going to be able to do it. I don't want to run 15 miles alone. Like yeah. we, we got to do it together. Like it'll be so much more fun. So that's kind of how I held myself accountable. I love that though. Yeah. I feel like finding a buddy is so helpful. And even if you don't, like I struggle a little bit because I feel like I have a hard time finding people that have similar schedules to me because I don't know, mm-hmm. there's not many other people that are like in dental school, you know, like whatever you could get specific about it, but I love the idea of at least finding someone to do like one aspect of your training with like long run is probably the most important part of a marathon. You could argue the training. Mm -hmm. If you skip your long run, like you're not going to, it's a bummer, not going to really go well around race day. So it's nice because like it's intimidating to run 15 miles after you've had a long work week or day or whatever. But if you have a partner that's kind of in the same boat as you, you can at least like show up in the same spot, which is good. Totally. And they, I mean, even someone to like ride bike next to you, mm-hmm. you know, say you don't have a lot of friends that like to run. Um, someone that would just maybe want to like chat and ride bike with you while you yeah, train. I love that. Too. Yeah. And also like it doesn't, 
I always think I'm kind of like an all or nothing person. My brain's very like like black and white, not very gray. And so I always I'm like, no one wants to run 20 miles with me. Well, like <laughs> people may want to run like four though, and you could like string three of the three people who want to run four miles, like meet them, and then you have like w- more than half your run covered. So I guess yeah. like you could get creative about it a little bit. There are so many workarounds. That sounds yeah. like a really fun idea too. Yeah, I love it. Okay, any other things like looking back on race day or like on your own training process that like either you would do differently or like just thoughts on the experience and how it went and if you could change anything, what would you change? I would say, well, I would say for anyone who's thinking about doing it or has thought about doing it for a while, like it's not going to get easier or like there's never going to be like a perfect race day or like, a per- like there's never going to, the situation's never going to be perfect. So I would say just, just do it. Just sign up for the race. Um, part of me is like, dang, like I probably could have done a marathon sooner, but um, maybe I would didn't feel like confident enough in my abilities at that point. But um, I would say, I guess I didn't realize like I was going to lose as many toenails as I did. Yeah. Like training. So like, make sure you keep your toenails short, like invest in running shoes that you know are going to support your feet. Um, <laughs> no, that's a really good point though. I've actually never lost a toenail, but I've had a like, slew of other issues. So don't worry. I wouldn't change a thing um, in terms of that. Some things you just can't can't prevent. I had a hard recovery period, I guess, after the race. And I think I invested so much like leading up to it and during it that like after it's I almost like didn't know how to care for my body because I would say for like the next three days, like I could not go up and down stairs. Like it was so painful (laughs) like my family was like peeling me up off of the ground (laughs) after I was like stretching and stuff like (laughs) I guess maybe I wish I would have like thought more about like hmm what is the recovery period going to look like what should I be doing how should I be like nourishing my body stretching and yeah (laughs) that's such a good point because we place so much of this emphasis on like did you eat the right stuff before the race? Did you do the right training? Like we we focus so much like on finishing that we don't always like think about it in like a sustainable holistic way. Like, am I going to be able to run another marathon after this if I wanted to? Or did I just like screw my body up for like two weeks? Because I don't know. I just, I did the same thing kind of on mine too. I just kind of like <laughs> completely sent it. And then the recovery period was like so tough and I remember I couldn't walk downstairs, like my quads, like yeah. it was so bad. And I remember like someone asked me, they're like, are you okay? Like, do you need to use the elevator? I'm like, I'm fine. Don't worry. So I love this. The recovery is important. Like drink a ton of fluids, make sure you're doing electrolytes, balancing all that stuff out, make sure you're eating like whatever your body's craving. Do you have any tips on like recovery for you at all? I really slacked on the recovery piece. Um, yeah. I don't have many tips. Although I have to say, like when you were <laughs> when you were just talking in my brain, I thought of like you know Barbie's a huge thing right now. Like yeah. I literally felt like Bar like Barbie. Like you, c- I could not bend my legs like a little. That's hysterical. I literally I saw Barbie for the second time last night with like all all the girls in Milwaukee and. I was just getting my nails done for a trip and I realized I got Barbie pink like subconsciously. So that's hilarious because you you really can't move like that Kate McKinnon char- character who's in the splits the whole time. Like that's like kind of like who you are for like <laughs> 10 days. You're weird Barbie. You're like, you're like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Post marathon, <laughs> post marathon, you are going to be weird Barbie for... <laughs> 12 to 36 hard hours. <laughs> Definitely. And I mean, it's a it's a good thing. I don't know if I would change it. <laughs> yeah. There's good stories that come out of it too. I don't know. So whatever. Yeah. Just make sure you're if something feels off too, like don't don't push it under the rug. Like yes. go for some nice active walks. Make sure you're eating a lot of protein and like making sure electrolytes and stuff are good to go. But if like something feels off, like I did something to my ankle after my marathon. Mm-hmm. Cause I walked mm-hmm. like way more than I thought I was going to because it was a trail race, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to see a PT. I don't need to. But then 
like everyone was like, you definitely should go see a PT. Like you just put this huge effort in. You definitely did something to your ankle. And I did. So like it was helpful because that got me on the road to like being more active because I saw a medical professional that knew what they were talking about. <laughs> it's crazy. Physical therapist just really I know. Top I feel off. like they're kind of underrated. Like Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's apparently one of the most um like happy careers too. I just saw that. Same. So we missed the boat, I guess, Hannah. <laughs> Shoot. Maybe next time. Left. Next time we'll get them. Okay, so we talked a little bit about your experience, Hannah, but let's talk about we have come up with some fun things for someone who might be interested in doing their first marathon. You coined this, but kind of the big three were first step is you need to plan. Second step is you need to prep. And third step is you need to party, which is your race day. Do you want to start with planning and kind of like your thoughts on like, how do you plan for a marathon? Kind of what we talked about before, but like pick, pick a race you're excited about, pick a day, like it's not going to get easier. (laughs) Right. I'd say just go for it. So um, there's so many fun races out there. Like, are you a Disney adult? Like, do you love Disney? there's a race for you, you know, um, <laughs> do you love your hometown or like, do you want to make a trip out of it? Like there's so many, so many races out there to be excited about. Yeah. And <laughs> maybe for your first one. Okay. So there are these, like we were talking about before we were recording, like the New York city marathon, Boston, like, mm-hmm. well, Boston's a different story, but New York city, Chicago, these big marathons, those are wonderful races that are really amazing experiences, but are very hard to get into. So maybe for your first one, find maybe something that's like big and fun, but doesn't need like a lottery or fundraising or volunteering. And if all of this is sounding crazy to you, that's totally fine. But find maybe like a race that is a nice entry level experience. It's easy to sign up. It's not crazy expensive. You don't have to like fly across the country and like figure out all these logistics because that just makes race day harder almost. And that's not a bad thing. You can totally take that on too. Like there's no worries, but it's easy to idealize these like amazing races that are so cool, but like you can get there. You'll, you'll do them eventually. Just like find a nice, like a comfy, cozy first marathon. You know what I mean? (laughs) Totally. And like, that's why, I mean, I loved running the one the race I did in Denver, because in training for it, I got to know the city that much more. It was, and then for the race, like I could visualize myself better. I could actually like, it just made, I think the race way more fun too. Cause I had trained on the course essentially. Um, totally. So I would maybe recommend that for like someone's first is to do it in your, in your, um, hometown city, <laughs> home state, maybe that's sometimes like a nice range. I don't know if you live in Colorado, that might be different though. Cause there's so much, so much like variability in terrain. Um, the other note I wanted to make about picking a race is like, okay, so we're kind of assuming road marathon right now. My first marathon, I guess I, I didn't really even do one. I just picked a 50 K, which was, that's a different story. But the point I'm trying to make point I'm trying to make is trail marathons are harder or can be harder than road marathons and like vice versa. I thought the road ones were a little bit harder mentally for me. So just based on like my own expectations I was putting on myself. So if you are interested in running trail races, like work up to it, obviously, or send it out. I mean, whatever, but just know that they're not like equivalent experiences, like a trail marathon and a road marathon might be pretty different and that's fine, but just you got to train differently for them. Most definitely. Like I could not imagine, I can't remember how much elevation gain there was in, um, in the road race or the, the marathon, but, um, it was, it was like just enough, <laughs> like any more, I think I would have been like wishing I would have trained on some more Hills than that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely look at elevation gain and the course map and see if it's something you think, you can That's handle. a good point too. Like, don't assume that a road marathon is going to be super flat either. It's a really mm-hmm. good point. Any other notes with planning, like before you kind of like pay for the registration? Anything else? I feel like we've been pretty extensive with our list, but I just wanted to. Um, I definitely think you know they say that you're forty two percent more likely to do something if you write it down. So, like in planning, like I would say, write down at least every week when you want to do your long runs and then fill in the the shorter runs like within 
what you can fit in your schedule. That is really good advice. I I think I'm going to do that this week <laughs> with my training. <laughs> it helps a ton. Um, so yeah. I love that. that. It's like reverse engineering your week too, because you may get like a stock plan that just goes Monday through Sunday or whatever, but like maybe you work weekends and like your long run can't be on Saturday. So writing it down and customizing it for that week is like really helpful because you can visualize yourself like doing doing it all, which is cool. Yeah. Totally. Love. Um, We kind of have blended into this a little bit, but we were talking about preparing for the marathon. So Mm -hmm. we've talked about like picking and planning and all that, but like prepping is a whole different animal and can kind of take over your life a little bit. So Hannah, how did you kind of like, how do you think about it? (laughs) Yeah. So we talked about this as well, but like, don't skip your long run of the week. Like don't do it no matter how badly you want to. Um, Kind of a way to incentivize yourself is like, have something planned fun for after your long run. You know, maybe not anything too crazy, but maybe you're going to get like an ice cream cone or something. Just like something to be like, yeah, I did it. And I have this to look forward to after. (laughs) Um, As a little bit of motivation, uh, another fun thing that um, I had done while training is I used Map My Run to create some fun routes. So um, one that we did in Denver was um, it was like going around the three major parks and um, yeah, it, it was super, I don't know, fun. (laughs) Well, it's something to look forward to. Like when you take some time to kind of like plan it a little bit, you can be like, Oh my gosh, I made this. And it's kind of fun (laughs) to see what it looks like, like in real life versus on map, my run when you're drawing that little dude all over the place. Like, I don't know. Really? I just did that with a bike route where I was like, I need to bike X amount of miles. Um, I don't, these roads mean like very little to me right now. But then when you go out and do it, it's kind of rewarding because you're like, I have that in my back pocket now. Like that's a fun little route we have. Totally. I've also seen people will like make like shapes. Like you could make a heart with your route or maybe you want to make a smiley face or something like yeah. you kind of have have some fun with it. Um, I love that. The Strava maps too. Those are really fun. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's kind of what Hannah's talking about. If you haven't seen them, they're really cool, but <laughs> that's so cool. That's a really, I never thought I'd be one of those runners, but like, why not? That sounds really fun. Yeah. And then like lis- listening to something fun too, just in like in preparation for running, like I always like to know what I'm going to be. Some people don't listen to anything at all, which I understand, but I kind of like to know what I'm going to be listening to and who I'm going to be spending time with like on my run, just in terms of like um, podcasts and stuff. So like Caroline, love listening to your podcast while training. Super fun. Thanks Um, queen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like um, Liz's joy of the jog was a really fun episode um, to listen to. And like, there's also for in, like when you're running, it can be really hard to like talk if you're running with someone else. So um, like Hannah and I would listen to just like funny podcasts. So like Giggly Squad um, and or like Ride are kind of just like laughing 100%. ones. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you don't have to say anything. You're just there kind of like... <laughs> kind of laughing along. Um, I love those too. I love those too because they're completely different than anything related to running. Like you're listening to like pop culture and like, I don't know, things that just like mean are very unrelated to what you're doing, which is just so refreshing sometimes. So I love that rack that like go find something that's just like, I mean, yeah, go learn something with us too, but also like take your space to just like go be, go laugh and like have fun with your friend. Like you're having like a bachelor night watching it on TV, but it's your long run. You know what I mean? Totally. There, um, There's another podcast episode that I want to recommend, and it's on the 30 for 30 series. Um, and it's the episode called The Six Who Sat. I was like, we were listening to this and like nearly like brought to tears while running. Um, it's super inspirational. So like in 1972, um, women were allowed to run in like the New York City and Boston Marathon and marathons. Um, and the podcast just outlines like the story of these six women who were kind of like pioneers for women running marathons. And it shares their story and it kind of gets into the history of all of that. So um, if you're looking for 
a little like inspirational boost on your run, definitely check that one out. <laughs> That's such a good rec. I have to, I've never heard of it. I have to listen to it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love so. it. Um, I'm trying to think of other prep stuff. We've talked about the long run. Oh, let's talk a little bit about nutrition. Um, There's. Yeah, so. it's like a can of worms. We've talked a little bit about it on this podcast before, um, especially with trail running, but we haven't really talked about it for road running. Hannah, how did you tackle nutrition and how would you like recommend someone start tackling it? Yeah, so I was like, I'm super new to this as well. So for me, um, in terms of hydration, I ran with a two liter like running pack and that was fantastic. Um, I even, I wore it during the marathon as well. Like I'm totally someone who loves like sipping out of a straw. Um, I'm like the slowest drinker on earth. Yeah, literally. So, yeah, I got this like, today because I haven't been drinking enough water. <laughs> <laughs> the straw makes a difference. Um, so I would totally recommend running with a hydration pack if you are um, someone who prefers that. Um, and I was reading technically like around 300 to 800 milliliters of water is how much you should be having every hour you're running. Um, so I felt like the two liter pack was a good middle ground. Like say you're running for about like four hours or five hours um, kind of hits that mark. And then in terms of um, carbs, this was like a whole learning curve for me. <laughs> Um, especially in understanding like how much to fuel. So um, if you're going to be running like an hour, 75 minutes, it's kind of assumed that your body has enough um, like calories, carbs stored to, to use uh, without getting tired or kind of burning out. Um, anything after that, they suggest having around 30 to 60 grams of carbs um, per I think it's per hour of running. Mm -hmm. So that is also kind of fascinating. Um, I don't know if like a lot of people know about like the honey stinger, like gummies that they have. Essentially that's like having a pack of those gummies every hour, which is a lot, but that's how we fueled for the marathon. <laughs> so like by the end of it, I was like, I cannot eat one more gummy. Um, and I love candy. So for me, that was like really hard to, to say. <laughs> that really, really maxed you out. Yeah. You it were really like, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> so um, I would say get kind of creative with how you want to fuel and like in the training period, see what sits well with your stomach and what doesn't. There's so much out there. There's even a company they're called Martin, like M-A-U-R-T-E-N. And um they have created a powder that you mix in with water and um, you drink it as a liquid and it turns into gel in your stomach. So like you can't feel it sloshing around type of thing. So there's lots of new technology out there. I mean, that's like yeah. probably the most high tech you could get with it, but people will do like really strange things too, like eating dates or like fig Newtons or even just like taking slices of Wonder Bread with them out yeah. so <laughs> yeah there's like two sides of it there's like the whole food side where like where where you're eating like just real foods those can be kind of hard on your stomach especially when you're first starting out like your your endocrine system doesn't really know how to handle it like while you're running but it, you'll you'll like learn how but that's kind of the yeah. more complex version and then there's like the simple carbs which are like exactly what you said like and most people i would say stay in that lane of like pretty simple carbs um, for road marathon stuff because you're probably going to be under like five hours. But um, I just started using Morton actually, and because the <laughs> Ironman I'm doing is like that's what's <gasps> on their race course. So I was like, okay, like I should it. I okay? So I actually I always have been a honey stinger girl because I love yeah. the honey flavor. I love that it's not like weirdly syrupy and like I don't love really um like complex flavor not complex that's not the right word i don't love like really bold flavors like i don't love the mm -hmm. goos or the gels or whatever um because yeah. i get like flavor fatigue so i really like honey so i've always really loved honey stinger um but i was kind of starting to get a little bit sick of it just because like it was months and months and months of using them but um so i started using morton and i 
it's almost too plain. I know that sounds weird, but it, I feel like a hummingbird because it's literally just like sugar water. Like it's as simple as it gets. And I'm like, I feel like I'm sitting at a bird feeder just drinking sugar water right now. Could you put like crystal light in it or like Mio or like a flavor? Actually, that's or, a really like, good idea. With the properties of the... Mm, don't know. I'm, I mean, I've taken like, I've exhausted my chemistry for... <laughs> a minute here but um i don't know i would say like the drink mix you probably could but the gels have been what i've tried and they you know what they actually they're so simple they make my body like feel really good they're just not super fun to eat but you know what they get the job done and they're like really high-end like all the tour de france riders use them they're like the newest technology so i think that's probably for a reason but my body's too simple (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh i want to try them now too i was like super i was like i can't believe this exists like yeah no i haven't tried the like reverb whatever the brand name is for the lack of sloshing but actually it's a really good point because i used to get really nauseous from that um with my training so if that's something that happens um i would recommend it's not a sponsor of the podcast would be cool if it was but the feed <laughs> is like a really cool place where you can go and just try like a couple things here and there like I literally bought four gels of Morton and like three drink mixes for like 20 bucks and I was like I should just try these before my race and make sure they sit in my stomach okay and that's how I like tried them out so that's what I would recommend if you're like I don't really know what I want get like a sampling of a bunch of different ones and see what sits well with you that's cool so the feed is a website where you can is it like you can mix and match yeah different kind of. feeling yeah and they literally have like a package like a starter pack um so it, i don't know what it's called but it will be like marathon starter pack and it will give you like goo roctane honey stinger like all the like top five brands um and you can just buy a pack of those or you can get like the morton like pack so i got like their starter pack so yeah i would really recommend it because you're not committing to like a ton of money and you can still just try it out and see if it works for you that's amazing because like I feel like that would have been helpful because the amount of times we would be like, oh my gosh, we have our long run and we need to go get fuel. And like the only thing that we knew worked was the Stinger gummies and like the King Supers had them sometimes, you know, but um, of course there's always like running stores and stuff, but we were like, quick, where do we go for fuel? And like, how do we get it? So to have more on hand and to be able to try out a few different things with that starter pack sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a good like first, not even like first try, but it's nice to like experiment if you're kind of sick of whatever product you're like currently using. That's actually a really good point too, is like plan for more than just like the time it takes to do the long run. Like, like you said, like plan for like, how much money am I going to need to spend on nutrition for this? Or maybe not even that, but like who is mm-hmm. getting the nutrition? Like don't wake up day of and you're like, oh my God, I have no, nothing to eat. Like that sucks. So that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that is like a part of the planning too. <laughs> um, And then like along with that, something that caught me off guard is like the carbo loading that they suggest like the few days leading up to the marathon so like technically you should have i had read like 3.6 to 5.5 grams of carbs per pound of body weight does that seem right like one I'm not to two the girl days. to ask we need someone to fact check this whole podcast we, we do like- need a registered dietitian <laughs> to make sure all this data is correct but so basically for me that like equated to um three boxes of Velveeta like in my mind like that is like my dream it's like endless mac and cheese right but uh no like (laughs) I um I had like one box of mac and cheese and I was like I cannot do this anymore like you gotta really like I would say get diverse in how you want to fuel with carbohydrates the day before and it does not have to look like three boxes of mac and cheese (laughs) Um. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I've had that's giving like the office episode where they carbo load. I don't know, like <laughs> literally like minutes before. I've kind of been on a weird like office rebinge. I thought I swore that show off, but here we are. And like that is real. Like if you, it's just stay simple minded. Like 
don't go too extreme because I'm dealing with GI stuff today. That was like I like wasabi sushi, and now my body's freaking out. So don't do that. But also like you, yeah, you don't need to like just stuff your mouth full of mac and cheese. That's so funny, Hannah. Oh my god. Yeah, I would say just have small little snacks throughout your day. That's um, a better way of looking at it. Like graze and don't like over. <laughs> Whelm your GI system. <laughs> yeah, don't pull an office. Um. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hysterical. Okay, so any other training preparation stuff, Hannah, that like you wanted to touch on before we moved on to the actual race? Um, I honestly feel like we've covered so much. I don't have actually. I don't think I have too much for prep. I feel like okay, fab. So Sorry. do you want to bounce to race party play then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, all the hard work you've done, like now is the day to have fun, to celebrate, to kind of like, I would say ease into the runs. So like don't start too fast. Um, find your pacer. We had an amazing pacer that we started running with and he was a wealth of knowledge. So um, these are people that are pretty well practiced in running. Um, he was using this marathon as like a training run for the ultras <laughs> that he was prepping for. So um, yes, usually they're pretty knowledgeable. Um, he, like one of the tips he had given us, um, it was super hot. So he said, at every water station, grab two cups of water and just dump it on you. Stay cool that way. Like, that's one of the best things you can do, um, which ended up working out well because I would grab water, dump it on myself, and I still had water in my my pack to drink. So um, I thought that was kind of a fun tip. Um, so, yeah, I would say find a pacer um, and then take it all in, like – you are going to be excited and emotions are going to be heightened, but try to just smile and like take every mile as it comes. There are going to be ups and there are going to be downs throughout the race. Um, for me, I feel like with anything, the three fourths of the way is always the hardest. So um, just kind of plan for that plan for periods where you think you might need a little extra boost. Um, Another thing is like if you have friends or if you have family coming out to watch, a lot of times races will have like tracking apps um, where you can give your family like your bib number. But I've also found that it's a lot of times they're not the most accurate. So if you have like a place and a time to give people like kind of in the ballpark of when you think you might be passing through, I feel like that might be the way to go. If you have that, people coming out to... That is a good tip. I didn't realize that. That they're not mm -hmm. always the most accurate. So that's really good to know. That would be such a bummer if you had like family oh. coming and then they missed you. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shoot. Yeah. So um, I would... Yeah. I think that is... I don't know. Can be um, good to know. Yeah. I don't know. The last, last six... Like Hannah and I now always laugh. Like if we're doing a hike that's really hard, or like we're in the midst of something that's hard, we're like, "It's the last six, like just the last six, like we got this." Um, because a lot of times in training, like you'll train up to twenty miles for or for a marathon, you'll train up to twenty miles, but then it's like the last six, you're like, you're like, "Oh my god, does my body know how to do this? Like, am I gonna make it?" And the truth is you are, but, um, so that's kind of our mantra now is like the last six. Like, <laughs> I love it. That's so true though, because you can really like doubt yourself because if you think about it, six miles is, a. I mean, it's a long, it's like an hour. <laughs> it's a long way. Um, yeah. ish. And it's easy to doubt yourself and be like, I only did 20. The 20 is still excellent. You know, like, especially if you did it well, um, like your body's going to be fingers crossed like you're gonna adapt to that and your body's gonna be okay totally so yeah. it's kind of a funny thing but yeah i love and that i like after the race just try to walk as much as you can you're gonna want to fall over um and never stand again but like try to walk 
and shake things out for at least like 15 to 20 minutes. Like don't sit down right away. hundred percent. Yeah. little active recovery. Um, I'm so bad about stretching after races, but like literally anything is better than nothing. So if you do just like a little bit of, I don't know, just like before you really commit to like being down for the day, just go get it done quick before like go walk for 10 minutes or go stretch for five and it, it will help more than it will not, I guess. So that's a good tip too. Yeah. Like the, those foam rollers, I absolutely like despise, but they're the best thing you can do. You will hurt so bad, but you'll feel so good after. So yeah, totally. totally worth it. I love it. Um, Hannah, one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was like the importance of play. I feel like you're a really good human for this because you really like mix in these aspects of play that like we sit, we have to be really intentional about now as adults. So we've talked about like the big things, like we've talked about planning, prepping, and then like the party day. But like through all of this, how do you incorporate like play in your day to day? Yeah. I mean, I would say in terms of like play, um, like once again, just being present. Um, so like for me, one of my outlets is making art. And when I'm creating, I am very present, you know, your mind's not one wandering here or there. It's like with you on the page you're working on or on the canvas. Um, so staying present is how I try to um, get myself into that play mindset a little bit more. Um, Not taking things like too seriously, I think is also important. I think it's really easy to get down about certain things or just like feel like, oh my gosh, like what if I make a total fool of myself doing this? Or, um, (laughs) but the truth is like, you're not, and we're all human everyone likes to have fun. Um, it's yeah, I don't know. Just yeah. And I also (laughs) think being able to laugh at yourself and like, I don't know, just be a little bit vulnerable is like so endearing and really like authentic. So yeah, sometimes it sucks to be (laughs) the dumb air quotes, dumb one in the room, but like, (laughs) it's also like a gift because I don't know. It's good not to take everything so seriously, especially with marathon training. Like I really love that because I personally have always been really intimidated by road marathons because they are very, I don't know, they're very disciplined people. They're an intimidating situation. Like there's a lot of just like heightened energy and it's not always the most fun thing right up front, but that doesn't mean that you don't have the ability to make it fun, I guess. Totally. Yeah. Like I think you can be super like driven, hardworking and know what you want and like also have along the way so 100 <laughs> percent, yeah I love that because it's just I think you get more done that way but more than that I think you just also like move through spaces with like more love and stuff which is what we all need so I love that yeah totally. amazing <laughs> Hannah do you have any like like I'm I want to wrap up a little bit but do you have anything like yeah. finishing touches like any marathon based stuff that you think we didn't get to that like was important to touch on Um, you know, I'm sure I'm going to learn so much more like down the line with the next one I do. So might have to circle back on that. Love that. (laughs) Always welcome. (laughs) That'd be cool. Like a nice, like, what'd you learn your second marathon? Not your first one. (laughs) Um, no, I'm kidding. Okay. So Hannah, you are moving obviously, but what's something that you're like really hyped about right now that you're just like super obsessed with? Um, super obsessed with, I mean, I have just been having fun um, hanging out with my friends and family. I'm going to be going to see Dominic Fike this weekend. So I love his music. Um, That's kind of what I'm excited for next. Lovely. A little fun concert. I love it. I love live music. That's like something I really, really prioritize. Okay. Thing that you're like feeling is very underrated could be like anything from an advice you got from tiktok or like a book or i don't know something that's really underrated to you right now um oh my god that is a really great question um 
I'm just I'm gonna circle it back to like physical therapists. Okay, I kind of love that though. Underrated. I think physical therapy is underrated. Um, if you're in it, do your stretches. I know that is like a big point of contention um, between therapists and their uh, clients. So definitely stretching is underrated. I love that. It's free yeah. if you learn how to do it. Not free for the appointment, but <laughs> PTs deserve to get paid. But anyway, I love that because it's, I don't know, it's a good thing to, you need to like prioritize mobility and sometimes it's not always the easiest. So we need help sometimes doing that. Hannah, thank you so much for all your tips. I feel like this has been so helpful and I know there are a lot of people that are definitely intimidated by this process and I hope that we've made it a little less scary and a little more fun. I hope so too. I really hope so. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. You can find us over at In Her Nature Pod on Instagram and TikTok. If you liked today's episode, please share it with a friend, rate and review us where you listen. We are currently looking for podcast sponsors and advertising partners that align well with our brand. So reach out if you'd like to work with us. Music today by Tommy Z with the Porch Flowers and our logo is done by the amazing Riley Johnson at rej.creative. Don't forget, the stuff is in your nature.